Hello, this is Patrick Ball. How are you on this fine day? It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a virtual neighbor. Welcome to On The Fly, a podcast about whatever comes to mind, really. In this episode, interview with Dr. Don Hanley. In the year 2110, folks decide to think again. Choosing life is always free. It's the best in history. Whoa, whoa. Hello, Dr. Don. How are you today? I'm good, uh, Patrick. You know, I jokingly call you Dr. Don, but I, I think it would be good for you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself. What is your doctorate in? It's in human behavior. Uh, I w- really wanted to go for clinical psychology, but it, th- that would have required me to do uh, another master's degree. And I already had three master's degrees, and I didn't want to do a fourth, but I could do human behavior without that. And that allowed me to get licensed as a therapist. Did you know we now have four episodes of A New World of Hope, excerpts from your book on Spotify as a playlist? Yes, I read them, and I was very impressed. I appreciated that. Well, let's talk a little bit about the book. How did you come up with the premise for the book? Well, when I retired, uh, when I was 84 from the college, I thought, well, how would I, what would I, message would I want to leave the world? Because nobody in my family has lived <laughs> as long as I was living. So I started thinking, one of the things I would like to see changed would be the way we school or educate our children. We don't really nurture the inner genius uh, that every child has. Even Einstein said, every child is a genius. And uh, I've been impressed with reports of like a girl in England, 11 years old, and wrote a symphony. And when she was interviewed, the interviewer asked, where does that come from? Where does that music come from? And she said, oh, from my head. Don't you have music in your head? And when I was watching that, I was thinking, everyone has some kind of music in their head. And we need to nurture that, but we don't. We tell the kids to line up, do be quiet, and do what you're told, rather than what's inside you and what do you think and what do you dream about. And what do you see as your strengths? And I think that every child has some strength. Even the child that is uh, brain damaged can, can smile beautifully if they're nurtured. And so that was my beginning. And then I thought, well, how do we do that? Well, we got to change our schools and put, I call it a facilitator of learning uh, in a pr- prominent place and train them to, to nurture. So what do you want people who read your book to come away with? Well, one is to start looking at themselves and to say, what are my strengths? What are my geniuses? 
and to, if I haven't done it before, to start being as creative as they can be, to do some artwork that they've never done and wanted to do, maybe write some music, maybe paint a picture, maybe create some kind of a, a sculpture, and any, anything that gets them involved in creativity. A podcast. Oh, podcast, like the Patrick Ball is doing. <laughs> you focus on the difference between indoctrination and education. Is there a solution? Well, yes, I think education would be doing what I was just talking about, would be to involve children and to nurture them and their gifts. And education is to sit there, be quiet, and do what you're told, We'll tell you what to, to think. And they would leave them as passive, and especially boys. They don't want to be passive. They want to get involved. And that's why right now they love computer games because computer games involves them. Well, let's use those computer geniuses to come up with uh, history games and uh, mathematical games and uh, storytelling games that would involve the children and have 30 kids sitting in rows and listening to a, a lesson is not, edu- is not true education. It's indoctrination. And we all are indoctrinated by being born. You know, like, uh, Patrick, I told you about my uh, one daughter who, uh, who uh, thought she should have, have to get A's in school because she has two parents who are PhDs. Well, we didn't tell her that. She, she came up with We all ingest the culture around us, and we have, our family has a culture. Our town has a culture. Our uh, ancestors have, uh, have several cultures, and they're all, you know, we're in the middle of that, and we're a network of a lot of good stuff, but it doesn't, nobody ever asks us about it in schools. That could be education, but indoctrination is just what do what you're told rather than what you create. You know, that's interesting that you say that. Why did you include the quote from Hitler? What good fortune for those in power that people that do not think. Uh, that goes way back in my own history of, I think I saw the first uh, newsreel during World War II of Hitler's uh, speeches and all these soldiers, 18 to 25 years old, standing, thousands of them, standing and saluting him and, and learning that he, he wanted to, he was doing awful things to the Jewish people and to, uh, people he did disagreed with him. And I thought, How, why did they do that? Why, why, what were they thinking? And later I learned they weren't thinking, really. They weren't thinking their own thoughts. They were following a leader. And I don't think anybody should blindly follow anyone. I know in reading the book, how do you propose to teach people to think rather than just memorize? Well, first is bring up a subject, and and especially today with the computers, a uh, student, even second, third grade, can go to uh, the computer and find knowledge that we couldn't dream about uh, when uh, people my age or anyone 60 or older. Uh, now they can do it, and let's find out what was going on when your parents were, uh, and let them go back to the computers and find out, and then discuss it in little groups. 
not uh, maybe have debates about who was right and who was wrong when, uh, say, the United States broke off, the colonies of the United States broke off from England. Why did they do that? Have them debate the positives and negatives. Get involved, have involve the children and uh, listen to them. And uh, that would be education as opposed to sit there and be quiet and memorize. You know, I just finished reading a book on how to, how to keep your brain alert. And one of the things that it talks about is involving more of your senses. Mm-hmm. And in your book, you talk about starting each day dancing and singing. Yes, I really, uh, I, I've often thought how I, that would be so wonderful uh, of, of doing that, just starting each day with 20 minutes or 30 minutes with uh, almost like a flash mob, you know, of the uh, uh, kids, and include the, the parents if they want to stay uh, uh, before school, and the teachers, the janitors, of them, doing a, a flash dance in the, and song in the uh, uh, play yard of the school. Did you ever do that with any of your uh, of the people that you counseled? I suggested it, but looking back, if I had to do it over again, I would insist on more involvement. Uh, but I think that is something that a wisdom that I came much too late. I got involved very much with supervising counselees for future counselors, and uh, so it was like a training program that many of them one stayed as long as four years uh, with me at the college, and uh, I got them in much very involved about everything. I didn't lecture them, but this is the way to do it. One of those kind of uh, interesting one is um, they they would ask me, oh, how do you how do you know what's right and wrong? And I would say, well, first, uh, what is the situation? What's happening there with all of them? And what kind of solutions would be most life-giving. And uh, I remember students asking, well, um, what's life-giving? And you put yourself in that position of the, your client, in which they're doing. For example, a, a young woman who's pregnant, and she's got a, a decision to make because the, the fetus is in very, very poor health and probably won't, won't survive birth. And if she goes to term, the mother, mother will die too, probably. What should she do? Well, that is a question that they, they needed with have with the doctor. And what is the most life-giving? If she dies and the baby uh, dies, that's a lose-lose situation. If the baby dies uh, and she lives, uh, it's going to be traumatic. But it's, the life-giving thing would be to... Uh, take the fetus out of the womb. So everything is not, there's no absolute truth for every situation. It's not black and white. It's not black and white. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, I've, you know, we've talked about all the times that I used to go to the Crystal Cathedral, and I remember one of the things that I really remember is they would always start every service with a song. You know, and it was an uplifting song, and everybody would sing, and yes. that really, that was uplifting. I mean, the whole choir and the church and all these people together singing. Yes, and that uh, is involving. You get involved, 
And uh, if you don't like the message, uh, you might want to change where you're going. And wherever you go, take some songs with you. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I think, again, it's involvement, but not passive acceptance. Yes. Because yeah. that's why we've got a brain. Exactly. Do you have any thoughts that you would like to share with the audience on questions that I didn't ask you that would compel them to pick up your book and read it? Well, I think you know, there's enough information in the book about creating school, like our schools, uh, like I suggest, where you have special training for the uh, facilitators. You have, oh, the other one that's really important is you have uh, uh, student exchanges with the developing uh, countries. A peaceful and just world, we need to go over and learn how those people live and let them come see how we live. It's hard to, to take arms to kill people if we really know that uh, our, our foster brother and sister. They're just like us. Just like us. Right. And, uh, and so not, we need a united world in spirit, not just in geography or technology. The book Cast, C-A-S-T-E, uh, there was a bestseller. I was glad to see it at a bestseller. It inspired me to see this um, young uh, woman a researcher coming up with that idea of how we are just automatically pick up uh, prejudices uh, in our environment, and we need to educate our ourselves and our children out of that caste. There's no upper class, lower class, you know, better and uh, all that. And and one thing I love to see change is you are not a uh, a high class person because of how much money you make or have. And or a position you have, you, you, everyone is equal in value. They need to still nurture their own lovability, their own genius, their own uh, creativity. Well, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate getting a chance to talk to you about the book specifically, because I know all of the others we've done are more just a reading of the book. Well, I hope we'll get many people who'll read it and enjoy it and, and work to, to create a new world. The discussion continues. Tune in next time, same pod time, same pod channel. If you have a question for Dr. Don Hanley, you can email him at df underscore Hanley 1933 at yahoo.com or click the link Anchor FM Patrick Ball message and leave us a voice message. So won't you be my virtual neighbor? If you enjoy our visits, please share them with a friend. I'm Patrick Ball. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode.